It's the third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. A three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! It's the Orange do it again. The cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Here we go. Thursday edition, Orange Nation on ESPN Radio. 97.7, 100.1, ESPN, Syracuse.com, the ESPN app, Facebook Live. However, you want to listen and or watch us, hello, Facebook Live. You have a lot of ways. We're here until 2. Seth Goldberg with you, flying solo. Steve on assignment for Channel 9 once again. Steve will be back tomorrow. I'll be gone. So... We're, we're kind of sort of playing musical chairs here uh, this week. I, I don't know if I don't know if Steve's avoiding me. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't know if it's something I said, uh, but maybe it was the Frank Howard stuff yesterday. You know what? That, that's probably what it was. It was probably the Frank Howard stuff yesterday. Uh, we decided we couldn't be in the same room again this week. And uh, really this year, because uh, I'm going on vacation after today and, and we'll be back in the new year. Uh, so that's where we're at. Last show of 2017 for me uh, is today. Uh, and we've got Stephen Bailey coming up at 1230. We're going to talk some SU football with him. We're going to talk signing day with him. Uh, get the lowdown on, on what this means for SU, how this early signing period went, um, and a couple other things with Stephen Bailey coming up at 1230. We'll play a couple games with Max Burgandy. I think he's got a fill in the blank or uh, this or that or uh, a something. And uh, today's business, of course, with Max in the second hour as well. 315-437-7644 is the phone number. At Seth Goldberg 17 is the Twitter handle. And, uh, of course, Facebook Live commenting there as well if you would like. Uh, So we might as well start with St. Bonaventure. Right? We might as well start with the basketball game that the Orange will play tomorrow night in the Carrier Dome, in, let's face it, the second toughest test for this team behind Kansas. That is my opinion. That is what the numbers will tell you as well. This is going to be the second best team that this team plays in the non-conference behind Kansas. That's how good St. Bonaventure is. St. Bonaventure right now, 60th in the country, according to to Kempom. They are having a great season. They are a very solid team. They've got Jalen Adams, a really good guard. So what's this game come down to? What's this game mean? What? How does Syracuse win? And, and do you look at it as, you know, I have for part of this non-conference schedule as, you know what, if you lose it, that's not terrible, right? Like, that was kind of how I've been looking at this game for a long time, and and I was having Twitter conversations yesterday, and uh, my my perspective kind of changed a little bit. In that, yeah, sure, if you lose, it's not a bad loss, right? It's not losing to Georgetown. It's not losing a game like that. It's not losing a bad to a bad team. But at the same time, that is a team that might very well be on the bubble with you, fighting for an at-large bid. With a win over Syracuse, St. Bonaventure might have that at-large bid, right? They have a case for one. So this might be an important game for Syracuse to win as far as the tournament hopes go. But that's not all. 
That's not all. It would be a game, you know, to get Syracuse to 12 non-conference wins. Should they be able to beat Eastern Michigan next week, which we all view as an assumption, but I would have assumed that North Carolina would be able to beat Wofford last night. Okay, that took me five minutes to make that comment. I would have assumed that UNC would have been able to beat Wofford last night, but they couldn't, right? So you never assume anything, but beating St. Bonaventure would get SU to the point where it's possible to go 12-1 and in the non-conference and finish out a really, really strong non-conference schedule with just that one loss to Kansas. And I think that's really, really important for this team. Because think about this schedule, right? Think about think about who this team has played. Buffalo is a solid MAC team, picked to finish at or near the top of their conference. Iona, a solid mid-major. Toledo, uh, same with Texas Southern. Same with Oakland. All three of them picked to finish at or near the top of their league. Kansas, one of the best teams in the country. Maryland. A tournament team, right? Middle of the pack to top of the Big Ten. St. Bonaventure, top of the A-10. Tournament team. This has been a challenging non-conference schedule when you look at it for the Orange. And to be able to say that you got through it at 12-1 and would be phenomenal. Phenomenal, given what we thought of this team two months ago. Right? Two months ago... We were asking, would this team be 8-5 and five again? Right? That's what we were asking. We were saying, would this team be in the same position they were in last year? When, yeah, they might have had more talent, but they didn't come together. And there was nothing by way of chemistry. And we were looking at this team this year, and we said, we don't know where the scoring is going to come from. We don't know how the freshmen are going to play. We don't know how this team is going to come together. The defense looked so bad last year with a lot of new players. What's going to happen this year? We had so many questions about this team. And on December 21st, they're sitting at 10-1. and With a chance to get out of non-conference play with 12 wins. If they can do that, that is such a success which makes tomorrow night's game really important. So I've totally changed my tune on this. I've gone from, well, you know, go 11-2, and you can afford to lose to Bonaventure, you can afford to lose to Kansas because those are the big two, the two big games, right? That's kind of the approach that we took, you know, once they got off to that really good start heading into the Kansas game. But I think I've changed my tune on this now. Because of the way this season has gone. Because of the way that Syracuse has looked. I've said, hey, why aim low? Right? You've looked good enough to beat these teams, right, that are in the Bonaventure class. The Marylands, the Buffaloes, the teams on that level. So go out at home on your floor in the Carrier Dome on a Friday night and beat Bonaventure. And again, the Bonnies are a good team. It's going to be a challenge. The Orange could very well go out, play a good game, and lose. No doubt in my mind. They easily could do that. 
But if they can win, if they can pull off a win, that puts this team in great position heading into the ACC slate. You win that game, you go play Eastern Michigan, you win that game, you're 12-1. and one. All of a sudden, if you finish with your, your 10 wins that you finished with last year in the ACC, you're at 22. If you finish with 9, you're at 21. You would have to beat somebody good to get to 9 or 10, right? You play Boston College twice, you play Pittsburgh twice, you play Virginia Tech, you play Wake Forest, you play Clemson. All right, that's 7. You got to beat somebody good in here. And that's saying that you win all those games. You would have to beat a Virginia, a Louisville, a Miami, uh, a Florida State. You would have to beat somebody good. And if you can do that, if you can do that and get to nine, get to 10, then you're in a really good position for the NCAA tournament. So I'm not saying that Syracuse wouldn't get in based on losing to St. Bonaventure. I'm not saying that at all. Not in the slightest. But it would help the case. It would advance the case come Selection Sunday. It would advance the case come March. You beat Bonaventure. You add a team to your resume that you that you got. Right? Maryland's a top 100 team. Bonaventure's a top 100 team. Those are both good wins. And then you pick up a couple in the ACC. You pick up a Florida State, a Clemson, a Louisville, maybe. Maybe you snag Virginia at home again. Right? You pick up a couple here and there. And then you get to go to Brooklyn. Which isn't what Syracuse did last year. Last year... They had a couple good wins. They finished right around 500. But they didn't do enough heading into Brooklyn. And it all dated back to the non-conference. It all dated back to December. And you have an opportunity to right that wrong. And to the, for the most part, you've done that already. Right? Like, for the most part, you've already righted that wrong. You've already done better in the non-conference than last year. You didn't lose to Georgetown. You didn't lose to Texas Southern. You didn't lose to, you know, a, a team outside the top 200, which is what you did twice, three times last year. UConn, St. John's, Georgetown. You have none of those this year. So you've already kind of sort of righted that wrong. So the question becomes, how do you build upon that? Well, you build upon that by getting a good non-conference win, your second one, tomorrow night against St. Bonaventure. And this leads into a second point. And I saw this this poll online on, on a TV when I was at the gym this morning. Um, and and it, it got me to thinking. It really did. It got me to thinking. And it said, where should Syracuse be in the, top, in the AP poll? Top 15, top 25, unranked. And the poll drove me crazy. The poll drove me crazy. Because if you're watching, and you're a casual SU fan, and you might call up right now and say, Seth, you are absolutely 100% wrong. You could say that. And and fine, do it. 315-437-7644. This poll drove me insane. Because, yeah, the Orange right now is 10-1. and one. Their one loss came to Kansas. But this is not a team 
based on the resume right now that deserves to be ranked. And when the poll came out on Monday and they only got two points in the AP poll, I said, you know what? They probably deserve a little bit more love. But they're in the right category right now. They're in the right spot because they don't have enough wins. And that might sound crazy because they've won 10 out of 11. But who have they beaten? And while they've beaten some teams that are good, they've beaten some teams that will help build their resume, and they are be- it is teams that are better to beat than to lose to, those are not teams that are going to build a resume as far as a top 25 position in a poll. And so it drove me crazy to see this poll, and I would imagine that the casual viewer of the station or the casual viewer you know, who sees this on Twitter would say to themselves, hey, Syracuse is 10-1. and one. They've got to be ranked, right? They've got to be in the top 25. And what I would say to that is, win tomorrow night. Win tomorrow night, and I think that Syracuse will get some legitimate traction and some legitimate love for the top 25 come Monday. Or Tuesday. Are they pushing it off this week because of Christmas? I don't know. I think that they would get some legitimate love should they win tomorrow night. Which makes this game even more important. Right? An added layer of importance to this game. You beat St. Bonaventure. Awesome. First off, you didn't lose to St. Bonaventure. Great. Second, it's a top 100 win. Awesome. Third, it's a win against a tournament team that'll help you come Selection Sunday. Fantastic. Fourth, it'll get you to 11 wins with the possibility for 12, which makes your your road easier come ACC time. Awesome. And fifth, it puts you in position to get a lot more love on Monday in that AP poll. And you very well could open the ACC slate with a little number next to your name. There's a lot riding on tomorrow night. And that sounds weird to say about a December 22nd game that maybe we're looking past because it's a holiday weekend. I mean, I'm going out of town, right? Like, I'm, I'm not going to be here for this game. And it's something that, you know, maybe we're looking past it a little bit. But Bonaventure's a good team. And beating this would be a good win, very likely your best win of the non-conference schedule. And I just laid out five points that would be a good thing to come from a win. Now, on the flip side, if you lose, whatever, right? And, and that sounds weird, right? Like, it's it, it's weird to say whatever to a loss to St. Bonaventure. And I, I don't know if that was too too easy to say, but... It's not the worst thing in the world if you lose to St. Bonaventure. And all those things I laid out would be awesome. All those things I laid out would be great to have on your ledger, on your side. But they're not all necessary, right? Okay, so you lose to Bonaventure. Well, it doesn't go down as a bad loss, right? Bonaventure is going to go down in that Category 2 kind of a section, I think. By year's end 
uh, of the new, you know, wins top 35 at home, 35 to 50 or 60 or whatever it is, they're going to go in Category 2 in all likelihood. It's a loss against a team in the field. The place where it would hurt you the most is if you were comparing Syracuse versus St. Bonaventure as bubble teams. That's where that would hurt you. And if you lose it, you beat Eastern Michigan next week, you still finish with 11 wins in the non-conference, you're still three wins ahead of where you were last year, so that if you go to the ACC and you win your 10 games like you did last season, now you're at 21 going to Brooklyn. And you have an opportunity for another win. And building your NCAA tournament resume. So I look at this game tomorrow night, and there's a lot to be gained. A lot to be gained if you're the Syracuse Orange. And oddly enough, I don't see a whole lot to lose. It's a weird place to be for a non-conference game. And I've felt this way about exactly one other game. Kansas. And I'm not comparing Kansas and St. Bonaventure. But doesn't it feel like a similar situation? Against Kansas, you're going, you're playing a neutral site game. It's the first time all these freshmen are going away from the Carrier Dome. You wanted to see how the defense traveled. You wanted to see how the offense traveled. You wanted to see O'Shea Brissett and Matthew Moyer and Merrick Dolzhai and, and all these guys away from the Dome. And oh, by the way, you're playing a top five team. And if you beat that top five team, awesome. Congratulations. You probably would have gotten into the AP poll. And if you didn't beat the top five team... Okay. Guess what that tells you? You're not a top five team. And that doesn't surprise anybody. Right? That doesn't surprise anybody that at this point in the season, Syracuse couldn't beat a Kansas. And now you saw afterwards Kansas lost to a couple teams that maybe they shouldn't have lost to. But that doesn't change the fact that, eh, you lost to Kansas. Worse things could happen. And I kind of feel the same way about St. Bonaventure. There's so much to gain out of it. There's so much to gain. And so little to lose. And with all that said, go out and win. Go out and win. And build your case for March. Build your case for an AP poll birth and vote. And, you know, build it. This is what you have to do. Because Syracuse doesn't have a win this good on their ledger yet. They just don't. And now's their opportunity to get it. 315-437-7644 is the number to call. We will take a break. We've got Stephen Bailey coming up in 15 minutes. Back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. This is Orange Nation. Seth Goldberg with you until 2 o'clock. New music on the show. I got to keep listening to this one. Let's hear it again another time. I'll I'll see. I got to judge when I hear this again. Second hour getting underway. We'll have Max coming back in a little bit to play some fill in the blank to get to today's business. Steve out on assignment for Channel 9 today. He'll be back tomorrow. I won't be back tomorrow. Uh, I'm heading on vacation after tonight. Uh, But we still have an hour left. And, you know, I want to talk about something here. And I don't really want to talk about it. And I don't really want to talk uh, about LeVar Ball 
and his crazy uh, league that that he's starting. But I I feel like I I want to talk about it, which is weird. I don't want to talk about it, but I want to talk about it. Um, three zero one five four three seven seventy six forty four. The number at Seth Goldberg seventeen on Twitter. I don't like this because it's Lavar Ball, and that's going to sound weird to say, and that's going to sound odd to say. Uh, but I think that's the only reason why I don't like this idea because in reality, uh, you should be allowed to go play and and make money and do whatever you want. And I have no issue with an alternative to the NBA D-League or, or going overseas. Like, I've got no issue with that. Um, but I just don't know that this is feasible, right? Like, I, I just don't know that this will work. Um, and the more I've tried to think about it, the more I keep running in that circle. of I, I just don't know that this will work. Um, and I said this off the air to Brent yesterday. You know, it's one thing to send your own kids to Lithuania, and it's one thing to pull your own kids out of college and out of high school and, and you know, really, you know, mess around with your own kids. And, and I'm not a parent, so, you know, I, far from, far be it from me to know. Uh, but I feel like it's one thing to do that to your own kids and your own family and another thing to do it to other people's kids, right? And, and when you start messing around with other people's kids, I, that's when, like, I kind of think there's something messed up, right? There, there's something wrong. Um, and so I look at this league and and I look at it and it just it seems so crazy, right? It just seems so odd. Yeah, sure. The NBA is NBA arenas are just going to let you play there as the team owners own D League teams that you would be competing with. And sure, you're going to pay kids ten thousand dollars a month if they're at the best. Well, did we not just see what Brian Bowen got to go to Louisville, and that was for six months? Right, he got a hundred. He was offered a hundred grand, and he wasn't even at the top of the top. So, in theory, I love this idea, but I just don't think it's gonna work. Like, I I just don't think this makes sense, and it's not gonna get the exposure that you would get in college. It's not gonna get the scouting exposure you would get in the G League or overseas. It just doesn't feel like it works for a number of reasons. And maybe it's because I have this thing against LeVar Ball and I don't want to see him anymore and I want him to go away. And that's why I didn't want to talk about this because if I if, if we stop talking about him, he will go away. But it's an interesting idea, right? Like I, I can't help myself from coming back to this is an interesting idea and an interesting alternative. And if there was somebody else who who I, I thought or took, if there was somebody else who I took more seriously than LeVar Ball behind this, I might feel differently about the idea. But right now, it just seems like some crazy idea that's being thrown off the wall. And, and I just, I can't get behind it. You're going to play in NBA arenas. You're going to pay kids 10 grand a month. Like it, it just doesn't seem like it's all put together. So maybe if there was somebody else behind it who I who I took more seriously, who had a little stronger backing, uh, maybe I would feel differently because I would love to see an alternative to college basketball. That's a legitimate thing. I think maybe it's the G League. We're seeing this league grow and grow and grow. Right? It's now almost one to one in affiliations with the the NBA. 
And, and I think that we're really seeing that league grow. Now, how do we make it grow faster so that, you know, people are actually getting paid in that league, you know, more than what they are right now? Because right now it's not a viable alternative to go over to, to going overseas. Right. And we, we asked guys over the summer, we asked Brandon Trish and, and Trevor Cooney and some of these guys, what's the you know, what's the decision making process between staying here and playing in the G League or going overseas and playing, you know, in Italy or in Spain or in Germany or wherever it may be. And, you know, they were like, Well, you know, you're home for the G League, but you make more money overseas. And and that's kind of what it feels like it comes down to, you know, when it's G League versus overseas. So it, to me, there is this alternative already. It's not a very good one, right? Like the G League doesn't get enough exposure to to really make it worthwhile, and you're not getting paid enough to maybe really make it worthwhile. Uh, but there is already this framework of an idea. Um, I just I don't think this thing is going to work. I, I think Lavar Ball is going to flop, and I think it's going to fail spectacularly. Um, it, I mean, just my my two cents on it. And again, maybe I would have a, a better feeling about this particular league if there was somebody who I like actually took seriously at the head of it, right? Because I don't take LeVar Ball seriously. I can't. I can't do it. So maybe if I took the, the guy running this thing seriously, I would think differently. But right now, I, I see this thing flopping and, and flopping hard. And... So, to me, send your own kids to Lithuania, pull your own son out of high school, pull your own son out of college, take your own, you know, mess around with your own kids' lives. Don't put other ones in this league that's going to flop and leave them with nothing. Just my two cents. 315-437-7644, the number. Let's head to Rob the goalie. Hello, Rob. Hey, man, before I get into the the, uh, the JBL thing, I just want to tell you, you sound... Like you're 18, but you are so polished and doing such a great job. I just got to applaud you on that. Thank you. you I appreciate so it. Young, but you're like years beyond it. I love it. I appreciate but, that, Rob. Um, I totally know exactly how you feel about the ball and this JBL, and it's like Elon Musk was behind it. It would be exactly like, oh my god, this is just pure genius. But my feelings on it. You know, the universities have, they're the ones that should be more scared than anyone by this because the universities for decades have really been profiting from the players and the players get nothing for it and they get, you know, working class people like us get mad at them when they only play for a year and then they leave in the NBA to make millions of dollars and they leave your home team stranded. But I think that the better name was behind it, it would be much better. Yeah, Rob, I, I totally agree with you. And and look, like I said, I've got no issue, and, and thanks for the call, I've got no issue if, if somebody made this league and the players decided, the kids coming out of high school decided, you know what, instead of going making money for Syracuse, for Jim Beheim, for you know this university that I'm going for one or two or three years, I'm going to make money for me. I've got no issue with that idea, right? Like, I'm all for that idea. I did it. I was in college. I came here. I started working, right? Like, I went and made money off of what I could do, and it's a little bit different, but I've got no issue with a kid deciding, you know what, instead of going to college, I'm going to go make money for myself rather than do the same thing and make money for somebody else. 
cool. Go for it. Take a cut of that money. No issue with that. Um, I would just take this way more seriously if literally anybody else who I trusted more was behind it. Let's take a break. We're back on Orange Nation after this. We'll be doing some fill in the blanks here on ESPN Radio.